This is your place's call. You're listening to Theatrical Thoughts. I'm Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. And today we are joined by Angie Shore. Angie has had a really incredible career and most recently starred as Angie in the original Broadway cast of The Prom. Angie, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you? Hello from my little sparkle curtain. I'm we obsessed. needed a little joy and zazz today, I thought. I concur. We always need the zazz. That's what it's all, it's, it comes back to it. It's gotta. Right. Oh, Hi, guys. How's it going? How's the day? Ooh, it's going. I'm just, it's a Monday. Um, it's a Monday. It's a Monday in this pandemic, and it's, uh, whew, it's getting a little treacherous out there, right? Yeah. I think it's spooky again. unnerving, right? Yeah, everyone's Time just to like waiting all together. for break. Oh like, God. we're just... Well, there. yeah, you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited because they just approved uh, booster shots for 16, 17, so we can get our boosters finally. And I'm trying to get, get that appointment. I'm like, yeah, I got mine now. Emily needs to get hers. Yeah, I got girls. I gotta get on there. Uh, no, I'm so glad that that's happening though. So much. It's gonna be better. Hopefully, I hope. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get boosted. Absolutely. All right. Well, as you know, we like to start off our show with our 60 second life story segment. So I will start that good old iPhone stopwatch. Oh, no. oh, oh yes. No. A harrowing stopwatch. <laughs> okay. And you'll give us your life in a minute as best you can. Are you ready for this? I'll try. All right. Here we go. Okay. Hi, I'm Angie Schwar. I was born in Northern Kentucky. I went to high school at Notre Dame Academy. I went to college at Northern Kentucky University, got my BFA. I was a showgirl in Atlantic City. I was a showgirl in Japan. I worked at Disney. I moved here in 31 years ago to do my first Broadway show, 11 Broadway shows later, and a pandemic, and 31 years, and I'm here. <laughs> Did I get it? Oh, I still got more. Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, some of my Broadway shows are The Will Rogers Follies, Sunset Boulevard, Annie Get Your Gun, Chicago, uh, Crazy For You, um, Producers, Young Frankenstein, Something Rotten, Catch Me If You Can, Big Fish. Did I miss any? The Prom, and most recently The Prom, right before the big breakdown shakedown, I played Angie in The Prom. Um, during COVID, I did what everyone else did, everything on Zoom, teaching on Zoom, masterclasses on Zoom, dancing on Zoom, choreographing on Zoom, 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 shows, new shows on Zoom. Um, and I'm here and ready for the holidays. Happy to see you. The breakdown shakedown is my favorite way to refer to the pandemic. Oh my God, I say it all the time. My friends are like, what are you talking about? I call it the breakdown shakedown. It's perfect. I love it. I, I'm stealing it. I need it. <laughs> Steal it. Steal it. So I gotta ask, showgirl in japan that's wild how how yeah. did you get over there how that's did that so happen cool. well here's the, i was telling the story to someone recently this is how it happened i auditioned for cats in miami i was i was working at disney i worked at disney for quite a few years i opened up mgm studios and i worked at disney in front of the castle i did uh diamond horseshoe which doesn't exist anymore it's just a it's just a bar there's no show in there uh, but I worked as a dancer and I went to Miami to audition for cats because I'm obsessed with cats and I always wanted to be in cats, but I'm not really good enough to be in cats. Um, but I went and I didn't get it. 
And then some of my friends were going to this other audition for a showgirl in Atlantic City. And so I went and because I'm like almost 5'11", um, the woman who was, who was casting just, you know, was like, well, now that's a showgirl. That's a tall showgirl. So I got hired for that. So I left Disney for a little while, did that show in Atlantic City. Then she had a show for us over in Japan. So we went over to Japan for four months. And so each month, I'm trying to think of when this was. Oh, God. Oh, God. Probably 89, 88. Um, each month, we did a new show. And each month, a different Japanese star was the star of our show. And there were four American girls that went over. And we lived in Saganjaya uh, outside of Tokyo. And in this cute little apartment, I used to say you could, you could, uh, what is it? You could like, if you tripped in the door, you'd fall out the window. It was so tiny and the bed came out of the ceiling and um, it was just, it was amazing. I'm, I was just, you know, young and sent half, half my money home and we just had a ball. Um, so yeah, that's how I was a showgirl in Japan. And don't worry, I didn't do topless. <laughs> we were always covered. I'm a good Kentucky girl. I love that. That must have been wild. I, a tiny little apartment and like that's that's such a cool experience. I must have been we each had our room. own little apartment and the bed came out of the ceiling. So when the bed was up, that was your living space. And then the, you go, you push the little button and it would come down and you sleep and then you make your bed and put it back up. That feels very like Jetsons esque to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Oh my god, that's wild. That must have been so cool to get to go abroad and perform. It really, it was, and we stopped in Hawaii on the way back, just for you know, a couple of days. Like you do. As you do, as one does. As one does. I'm dying to go to Hawaii. I haven't been, but it seems so cool over there. <laughs> so nice and warm. I like anywhere with a beach and, you know, Me. sand, yeah. beautiful white sand and aqua blue water like that's where I would love to be right now <laughs> oh my god yeah the beach is my happiest place so yeah same things I would do to escape this New Jersey winter right now <laughs> you know what you should put on your on your list girls is Turks and Caicos have you been there oh yeah that's one of my faves. you have I've been to beaches twice and it was amazing yeah Turks and Caicos is pretty awesome uh, Grace Bay. I think that might be where Beaches is, right? Grace Bay. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Oh my God, I love. All right. So now what was the sort of timeline between Tokyo and um, and you booking your first Broadway show? Like sort of what was happening? So there? as we were in Tokyo, the other three tall women and me, uh, we got a call from, I got a call from in, from the head of casting at MGM Studios. And he said, we're doing this show to open up MGM Studios. It's called Hollywood, Hollywood. And we want all a line of tall women. So I drug them with me. Uh, I, I got my three girls that were with me and we ended up uh, booking that. So we came right back to Orlando, opened up MGM Studios. I can't remember exactly how long I did that. I'm going to say a year. It might've been a few, might've been a little longer. And then through that, from, from Disney, I moved to New York via auditioning, flying up and auditioning, 
And my friend DJ Salisbury, who I worked with at Diamond Horseshoe at Disney, was a PA on Will Rogers Follies. And so he called me. I always say this at workshops. He called me on a landline. You guys don't know what that is. Um, but he called me on a landline in the entertainment office. Someone literally handed me a piece of paper and said, DJ Salisbury wants you to call him. So I did. He said, I think you'd be great for the show. One of the prerequisites is they wanted you over 5'8". So I, that, that I had. And so I flew up and auditioned and um, ended up booking it and then gave my two weeks notice uh, at Disney and have been here ever since. That's awesome. That was 1991. Oh my God. 40 I... years before you were born. <laughs> That's awesome. Not so too many you... years before we were born. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> So now you made your Broadway debut in Follies, correct me if I'm wrong. And you well, said that Follies, yes. Yeah. So and you said that on day one of rehearsal, you met Jerry Mitchell, which is crazy. So can you walk us through everything that led up to that day in your mindset, that first rehearsal? Because that would I would be freaking out if that like day one I just showed up and who was there, but Jerry Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, Jerry had done other, he had, you know, had done a lot of shows and for whatever reason, he just sort of took me under his wing. And I mean, I just talked to him on the phone today. I mean, we, are, we talk a lot. Um, he's one of my best besties, but uh, he's, and he's, he, he acts to me the same way, he, whether he's big time director, Tony Award winner, or, you know, my buddy, Jerry Mitchell. And he's always just so giving and sweet and kind. And for whatever reason, we just gravitate to each other. And I think it was the first day of rehearsal. He may have he might be, have been having uh, a little party to view something he had just choreographed. So he wasn't a choreographer yet. I mean, he was, but he wasn't the Broadway choreographer yet. And so he invited me over. I might've been even the first day, but up until that moment, I mean, I didn't know New York city. I moved here and lived with a friend for a little while while I started rehearsal, literally brought like two or three giant suitcases and then had to learn the city and navigate the city. And I was nervous in Times Square, you know, this was many years, this was 30, whatever, 31 years ago. And so I was navigating the city, brand new job. I was a swing, which means I had to learn all of the girls, right? Technically there was, I think there was 12 of us. I can't remember, or 12 girls. I can't remember, but technically I had to learn the six tall ones, taller ones, but I ended up going on for almost all of them. So I was learning a lot of things. I was learning how to live in New York too. So. And then that very first day of rehearsal, Katie Huffman was on point shoes and the whole stage is, is steps. I don't know if you guys know that if you ever saw the show, but the whole stage is steps and she's click, click, clacking around down, you know, one of the steps across the stage on her point shoes. And I was like this, I was like, is that what everybody looks like? Because her legs looked like they were 20 miles long. So I was like, oh my God. I, this is what everyone looks like. Holy crap. Um, but it was a great experience. I stayed in it for two and a half years. I learned the city. I learned the ropes. I would go to auditions if it was something, you know, I, I thought would be what could be better than that at that point, my, right? my first show. And I just um, loved it. And then we just did American Dance Machine. We just did the campaign number. Uh, we filmed it for American Dance Machine, 10 original women. 
and 10 new generation women that did the campaign number, which is the one red, white, and blue one. Do you guys know it? The elephant trunk and number. Right. And it was so much fun reliving, just getting to see this, my first New York tribe. They were my first New York tribe. And what a great set of strong, wonderful women. So it ended up working out really well, but I was very nervous going into it. You know, it's a lot of new, there's a lot of new things. Oh my God. Sort of wrangle into one. Yeah. Well, that's insane. And Emily and I always say that swings are probably the most of, like most impressive people. Under I, just, I just don't understand how you fit all of that in your brain. Like it's insane. Uh, I, I would barely have enough like brain it's, capacity for my track, let alone 13 others. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also something that you have to throw away when you're a swing is that you can't be perfect. And that I made, this is the audience out here. So I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm actually looking here and here to see where, you know, to see where you have to be, to see where you have to go, to not run into anybody, to know. And so I think you have to just let go of actually perfection and feeling like I have to be perfect because you, you sort of have to keep your eyes everywhere. Right. So I think it, after a while, you just got to not be hard on yourself, but you will, you know, I haven't done it since I haven't been a swing since, but I thought, it, I think it's the perfect thing for my first Broadway show to just sort of shove it all at me, you know, scariness, I guess, like just thrust right into the work. And yeah, like you said, let go of the perfectionist in your little head, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a tough job, but Lordy, they are. The, the swings, I mean, that they're the most, like you said, the most talented, the most important, and it can sometimes be a thankless job. So since I was a swing, I'm always very, very happy to help and encourage swings as you do, because I know how hard it is. Yeah. Oh my God. We've talked to many people who have swung on the podcast and every week we're just like, it is well, so I just saw, I did see a photo with you with David jo- Josephsburg, right? I mean, he's, he's one of those people that he can do anything. And it's almost, that's why he does a lot of covering and understudying and swinging because he can do everything, right? Yeah, there's he's certain way people too talented. Just, it's his fault. It's all his fault. There are just people, like, I don't think I could swing, but there are certain people that just have the brain for it. Like that, I just people it's a, love it. Some people prefer that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because they don't like doing the same thing over and over. Right. I, on the other hand, coming from the dancer background that I originally that I started with, um, I love the repetition because for me it just gets slicker and slicker and slicker and better, and I prefer that. But some people don't like doing the same thing over and over. That's definitely just something that's innate ingrained in you in different people in different ways right absolutely so now you've done a few national tours notably understudying roxy in the first national tour of chicago what would you say was your favorite part of touring i guess you know now i would say just getting to to go to, to i've been to almost you know so many cities i've been to almost every city big city in the United States, I would say that, but 
earlier on, I'm, I'm a Taurus, so change is sort of hard for me. So it was, I think the fun thing was learning to figure out what it is you need to get when you go to a city and we go, you have to get your housing. And then you're like laundry, gym, grocery store, liquor store. You, you have to figure out sort of where everything is. And I think that actually became fun, but at first it's very daunting. So I think it's just, you know, move it around like that. And you, you kind of get to bring, you know, bring your special shows to these cities. And also it was always getting to go home to my hometown. I always, all three of my tours went through Cincinnati. Uh, I grew up in Northern Kentucky, but right across the river is Cincinnati. So I think it was always fun. My dad, my late father stopped traveling at a certain point. So I like, I got to bring things to him and to my mom. So I think that was also a very fun part of it. But it is just, um, you know, having your little tribe, your little family. Um, I, so I did the first national of Crazy For You was my first, first national. Um, and we also got to sit down in a lot of cities for a long time. Like I loved, we sat down in Chicago. I love, I love Boston. Um, I sat down for a long time in LA with the producers. Um, so yeah, I think it's just getting to be paid to see new places too. That just really warmed my heart. It's so cool. You got to like bring it back to your family too. And I can't wait to travel. It must've been such a cool experience. Thank you. So yeah. Yeah. I was, I was lucky because it was years ago. I mean, that I did them and they were those big production tours, you know? So um, it was, it was great. And, and I was young, young and you get to sock away money, you know? Yeah. Big time. That must've been and do what you love. You get paid to do what you love. I mean, come on. And like that's what could be better. Love what you do. Then you never go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cheesy but true. So I'm really curious. You know, we're talking a little bit about Chicago. You've done so many different styles of dance, and I'm really curious as to like how you sort of approach the different styles. Like how you might approach something like a Casey Nicholas show versus a Fosse show, and like as like from the dancer mindset, how do you prepare? Well, when I got the first national of Chicago, you know, I had never, I had never worked with Anne Reinking. I had never worked with Gwen Burden. I had never worked with Fosse. I, I didn't really know the style. I just watched. I watched everybody. My friend, Mary McLeod did study with Annie and did study with Gwen Burden. And I would just pick her brain. And because um, I always say that when I dance, I kind of dance uh, like vertical with gestures. It's sort of that, you, the idea of Chicago was just sort of like less is more, right? And they always said this thing about, you know, that big first breath at the beginning, they always said this thing about burning a hole through the back of the theater. It's just a different style. And because I'm long, it's something I enjoy because you don't have to move. You're not being frenetic. It's not frenetic. It's smooth and luscious and free, right? And then Casey cut to something rotten where it was like your tap, tip, 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 tap, 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 right? It could, you know, faster, funnier, harder, faster, funnier, harder, right? So I think it's just having to adapt to all different things, but you have usually six weeks when you're learning a show, a brand new show. And even though Chicago was already done on Broadway, they knew sort of the template, but you we get like four to six weeks to learn it. So you have time, I think, to sort of sit in whatever style it has to be. 
right? Then like for something rotten, especially he added the, the giant costumes. I don't know if you guys saw the show, but it takes place in the Renaissance. So we have all these collars and things and bum rolls and they're heavy. And you're like, and you're tip tap tapping with heavy costumes on. So it's just all different things. But, you know, like I said, that's sort of what also is um, energizing about it. You know, you do have to just learn it. You just figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Something Rotten is one of my favorites. I listen to that all the time. I was listening to it in the car like yesterday. Such a fun show. So much fun. It's, uh, it is very fun. And Casey's tap is harder for me to pick up, you know, because I worked with Stro for so long. Um, I know her kind of know her, I can her style. I can pick up faster, but Casey changes weights a lot. So it's very uh, it, it's much harder for me to do than than Stro's. So it's very challenging, which I kind of love but always feel like I just, can I say the word suck? <laughs> I always just feel like I just suck a little bit. <laughs> it takes me a lot longer to pick it up is my point. But it's fun. All like dance takes me like 30 years to pick up, don't worry. <laughs> but it's fun once you do. Something wrong is the show that Emily and I did together where we became, where we became friends. <laughs> you did where'd you do it what we were well, supposed to do like a it was going to be the first junior production of it pre-pandemic and then covid existed breakdown breakdown yeah exactly <laughs> I need the to take do down it. breakdown happen it's amazing i'm obsessed with it but yeah that was how we, we met i love that show so much fun wait so what did you guys do in it we were gonna be in the ensemble so we were gonna tap dance egg egg our way through wait but... so you didn't do it or you didn't do it no it was covid <laughs> So oh, you were sad. supposed to. So how did you say that's how you became friends if you didn't do it? We sort of put it up virtually, like we oh. put together like a video okay. compilation type thing. So that was how did it turn out? I think pretty cool. I like vaguely recall it. <laughs> it was very significant, like a year and a half ago in my life. But oh, wow. I did not pick up the choreography very well. Jesse did, but it's okay. <laughs> was it a lot of tap? Was it a lot of tap? Yeah, it was definitely some tap. So I like dancing. So that was for me. <laughs> Excellent. I do too. As I long wish. as my body can still do it. Uh, I'm I'm jealous, honestly. It's the coolest thing. I admire dancers so much because I cannot. Well, you can learn. You can I learn really, I want to. Faster. I do work on it. Just not as much as I probably should. <laughs> But now, you know, you were sort of talking about that dancer mindset earlier, you know, liking things to be really sharp and doing them for a long time to get sharper. And one show that you did for a long time, you worked on producers for a while in various sort of capacities. So I guess sort of like, how did you keep that show so fresh for all those years? And how was that experience for you? I mean, you did so much with the show. Like, I'd just love to hear about it. Oh my God. I love that show so much. If it was still running and if my legs could still do it, I would still be doing it. I don't think I can pop down into the splits anymore, but um, it changed, it just changed my life because it, it, was, it was a six year, it was the longest running show I've ever done. And I started in the ensemble, was a second cover for Ula, went on for Ula, then she offered me the first national tour as Ula, then 
um, we finished in LA and she wanted me to come back to Broadway as Ula. Like it just was nonstop deliciousness. And I felt like the luckiest gal alive and um, still, still do for that, that, for that moment. And it was like lightning in a bottle and it doesn't, and it doesn't strike twice. Not, you know, I don't know that anything like that will happen again for me, but it was also still the most decorated um, Tony award winning show in history. So to be a part of that, we just had our 20th reunion actually. Um, and Matthew and Nathan and Stro and everybody came. But um, so yeah, that was a great moment for me because I was kind of thrown on, on Valentine's day. I know it was a Wednesday cause we had two shows, but I can't remember the year. I can kind of guesstimate. It was probably two years into it or a year and a half into it. So I got thrown on with Matthew and Nathan and it was just, I, she knocks on the door and, and you, there's like a, a, a little sound that is her opening the door. And then there's Matthew and Nathan, just like one head on top of the other, just like staring at the door at me. And it was, I can still remember it, you know? And I was a little bit nervous. Um, and so when Nathan, when I say my name, Nathan grabs my hand. I say, And he goes, oh, Ula, what do you do, Ula? And he took my hands and he just kept, he was like rubbing them and rubbing them and rubbing them. And it was almost like, I mean, it sounds corny, but it was almost like he took the nerves out of me. Like I just calmed down. So I've told him that story before and it really just, uh, yeah, I ended up being okay, I guess because I went on for six more performances and then Stroh offered me the first national. So. That story warms my heart. I love it. I could do it over and over and over and over. I just could. And I don't know why. So I didn't really answer your question, but I could. I just, I could just do it over and over and over. Like I said, it gets slicker. It gets tighter. It gets better. It feels better. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. It seems like it was such a good experience. I mean, I just, I can't. And you also did the film for it, right? I did. I was just thinking you guys were too, you couldn't have seen it. You weren't even born yet. Yeah, no, we were too young. Do you see, can you, you, you see anything that you ever YouTubed it or anything? There's probably kinds of it is little... out there. I haven't seen it though, which is really disheartening because I love the Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, so I did, I did do the movie. I did my original track. My original chorus track, which was Hazel, the Wardrobe Mistress, which you don't see in the movie, but if, if, if anyone gets a DVD anymore, which no one does, on the DVD, it's an extra track. It's an added number called King of Broadway. And I'm a wardrobe mistress with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. So that's that. And then I did the rear sign, which you saw in the clip from Dancing Through My Resume. Which and I then I did, I did Uma Thurman's Dancing. So when you don't see Uma's face, it's me oh my god really yeah that's wild oh my god so I guess sort of how was that filming process like for you I mean I don't know sort of what your screen background was but I'm sure that it was a different approach from doing it on Broadway and everything it was but because it was a show that I know backwards and forwards right it felt comfortable and because it was Susan Stroman it felt comfortable. Like I felt like I was at home. You know what I mean? It'd be different if I was just having to do an acting piece or, you know what I mean? I, so like, because it was still musical theater, still what I do. So it felt 
like old home week. And I probably ended up shooting, uh, getting about 14 days on the set. And I still was doing the show at night. I was still doing Ula on Broadway at night. So a lot of times they would sort of work that out for me um, and let me go in time to do the show. Or I don't remember if I, if they ever had me not come back and do the show, but yeah, so I was sort of getting to do that. So again, you know, just working and getting to do that, you know, um, was just a really wonderful experience. That's awesome. Oh my God. That's, I mean, I love hearing about all that kind of stuff. So I think that's so cool. Like, and the fact that it, you doesn't, doing- it doesn't bore you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm boring myself. No. Oh my God. This fascinates us. So I know your schedule must've been nuts though. I don't know how you slept. <laughs> Well, and there were some days that we had to be there on the sound at the sound stage at like four in the morning and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like or or leave be at there four or whatever. I don't really remember, but um, no, I no, like I yeah. <laughs> yeah right well, that's what you have to do when you when you do the Macy's parade. That's yeah, er, that's... Thanksgiving Day parade. That's an early rise, girls. That's oh, an yeah. early rise. Pain. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I yeah. <laughs> Actually, when we did the prom, I don't think it was like it was a little more more normal, like um, like a six or a six thirty, which you know that seems normal. Even that, that's still. So, early. <laughs> I know because you guys are young. <laughs> so like speaking of speaking of the prom, your role was written for you. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's. I mean, the character's name is Angie. So can you talk about the process of getting involved in that show and what it was like to take the stage in the role that was built for you? Like just about all of that. Well, so, the, cool. um, Christopher, Christopher Sieber, Best Level, Brooks Ashmanskis and I, from the beginning, those parts were written for us. Um, they just never changed my name. Um, and I, the first time I heard about it was on the set of Smash which I was doing with Casey Nicola. Um, we did a I number. Smash so much. We did a number that he directed and he was directing an episode. And so we were going to craft services to get a diet best. And um, he said, you know, we're writing, I'm writing this show with Bob Martin and Chad Beglin and Matt Scalar. And we, we, there's a, there's a part in it, this show girl, we call her Angie Schwartz. We call her your name. We call her your name. He said, so um, that's when I first heard about it. And then probably seven years later, it actually came to fruition on the Broadway. I mean, it was a long time coming. You know, you you do readings, you do one day table read, you do readings, uh, you know, it's workshops and out of town. And so it was all spread out, you know, in between. And it finally came, we went to Atlanta uh, for the out of town and then we came in in 2000. 18 to 19 yeah is that right I think it was yeah. like yeah it was 18 yeah 18 uh when did the breakdown shakedown happen 2020 <laughs> <laughs> I am yes. I literally wrote that down I'm stealing it from yes. I love it <laughs> yes so it you are right it ended 2018 no I lied it ended, no, it ended 2019 because yes, I saw it you. I saw it in 19 so it yes, was like thank you August 2019. I'm sorry sorry the years are just uh, I'm confused 
but anyway, um, so then it came to fruition on the Broadway 2018, end of 2018. Um, but yeah, I um, that was a that was a pretty much dream come true for a young for a little Kentucky girl that grew up in Kentucky knowing not even how to get to Broadway. <laughs> yeah. So how much is actually based off your real life from the show? Well, Ned, you know, I don't know how they came up about the, the Roxy Hart thing. I did do rock. I did do Chicago on Broadway, but just as a replacement for a few months after I did the first national tour. And I did understudy Roxy and did go on on the first national tour. So I don't know how that all came about. Um, but that is that is correct, except I did get to go on. Um, I'm not as political as the Angie and prom or even smart about the politics as Angie and prom, which I love that they didn't make me a dumb show girl. You know, they, they made me the one to find the cause and I talk about the electoral college and, you know, um, trying to think of what else, I guess the, the Fosse dancing, like we talked about before, Emily was, is a style that I love and especially getting up there in years it's a style that's vertical with gestures and I can still give you a you know a fossey arm and whatever um so that's sort of Angie or a a real life Angie um and my last name was is Dickinson Angie Dickinson was a famous actress in the god I guess the 70s so that's why Bob Martin named it that we we were tickled by it and we each got, you know, we give credit cards. We, we hand off credit cards in the scene in the second act when we're going to pay for her prom. And all of our cards said the name, like mine said Angie Dickinson. And it would just crack me up every time I saw it. I love that. I love those little like Easter egg type things. I think that's, that's the funniest. I love <laughs> the Easter egg things. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, like having it on your credit card physically. I, I consider that like a little Easter egg, but like, oh, I got you. No, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you're right. So, oh, the other thing is, the other thing is I carried a lot of things in my purse. I had this purse that had fringe on it. I called her Penelope. And um, I, I don't say a lot in a lot of the scenes. I seem to be munching on things in a lot of scenes. So a lot of that I just came up with, but I had hand sanitizer in there, which I do a lot, even before the breakdown shakedown, I was a sanitizer. Totally, totally. Um, I have little bottles airline bottles of water that were supposed to be vodka. I drink those in the show. And Lay's potato chips are my favorite in the yellow bag. I kept a little bag of those in my purse. And our poor um, prop people had to refill the chater chips almost every, not every night because I would only eat a few of them. But it was just sort of those little fun things are very, and I just sort of was like, well, I like potato chips, you know. So it was just give me things to do in the scene. I'm paying attention to the scene, but I'm not just sitting there. Honestly. My acting. It's my acting choice. Yes, it's an acting choice. It's important. The craft. Yeah. Lay's potato chips are superior. I do concur. They are. Yes, me too. (laughs) So I'm really curious. You've sort of mentioned, especially your number Zaz has gotten such great responses from audiences and I'm obsessed with it. I think that the entire entirety of the theater verse is obsessed with it. 
so I guess, can you talk a little bit about sort of building that and sort of the interactions that you've gotten to have with fans from the show and how that has sort of influenced you? Well, again, I could probably, if that, if our show would, was gonna, would just have kept running, obviously because of circumstances, it wouldn't have anyway, but I would be able to just do that every night. It's, it was just my love. I love like looking at Caitlin's sweet face telling, you know, doing the number and, and trying to encourage her with this, give her the strength and, you know, um, encouraged to actually do, tell her story. But it was really a short period that we put it together. So Casey and I met and I gave him all the Fosse steps that I know. And that again, goes back to my friend, Mary McLeod and Marianne Lamb, giving me things to do at the First National because I didn't really know. And a lot of stuff you'd have to come up with on your own. So there's a couple things that are in Zaz. Pick the tissue where you step and you just like, it looks like you're picking the tissue, right? And then this one is sticky fingers. And I do both of those in the show. Um, I think we did like Lola, which is a Gwen Verdon step. So I told him all the things that I knew, right? That he added some things. And then he put it all together. And then when, when the leg came on the bed, he goes, can you just like, pick your leg up and like do a split and then roll around. So it just sort of came up like that, but we just, you know, did it together in a room um, one day uh, before, before we went down to Atlanta or no, it was during the workshop, during the first workshop. And not much in that number changed at all. It might've, the monologue might've tightened here and there, but that number stayed pretty much the same through uh, the workshop out of town and back. But yeah, that was pretty, I mean, when I first worked on the song with Matt Sklar and he's playing this song and I'm like, oh my God, he like he wrote this song for Angie, Angie, who's vocally challenged anyway, but he wrote a song for me. And the last part of your question, I had very many people uh, send letters and or tell me at the stage door that when they weren't feeling great or they just needed to feel better or they needed to jump over an obstacle in their life they would play that song and it would make them feel better and so I think that's probably my greatest achievement uh in my career to have people say that because that you know that means a lot that means that means a lot to to that they feel that way and that Zaz made them feel that way you know that makes my heart very happy that's awesome yeah I mean I love that song I mean I love the whole soundtrack so it's amazing isn't it great when I that downbeat oh, starts and then and the, the downbeat starts and that overture starts I just feel like it's like da, 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 da. it's just driving 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 and you're just like oh my god it's so good yeah, actually, for our winter showcase we had at my school last week, I actually signed with American Sign Language a song from the prom. So that was very fun. You do? Yeah, oh well, my God, what be, would Zaz be? I think you'd probably just fingerspell finger spell that. How do so, you do that so quick? Z, A, and then double Z, I would do. Right, so if you did it during the song, you'd have to go, when a challenge lies ahead and you are filled with dread and worry. Give it some zaz. <laughs> How yeah. would you do it so quickly? 
ASL is a very confusing, confusing language and you break stuff down a lot. So if it was, um, that's when, amazing that you do that. Yeah. I'm going to be a sign language interpreter when I grow up. So, oh, uh, amazing. Yeah. So that just made me think of that. I don't know why I did yeah. that song, but I just, the whole soundtrack is just so good. <laughs> so what was you, what would you say was your favorite aspect aside from connecting with audiences about performing the prom each night? What was my favorite? What was the first part? Sorry. Like your favorite aspect of the show in general. Um, um, definitely the cast, definitely the cast. Uh, they're all gems of human beings. They're all um, artistic uh, warriors and artistic uh, geniuses. And I got to watch it. So I got to watch a masterclass every night. I got to watch really, really genius comedians every night and be with people, you know, be with Beth and Brooks and Christopher and Caitlin and Josh and Michael Potts and Courtney Collins and Izzy and Caitlin. And I got to watch them. I got to be with them. And there was that joy from front of house to the back of the house just existed in that theater. And I think it stems from the show and it also stems from the top, you know, from Beth and Brooks. And so, uh, yeah, it was just a joyful love fest. And I think that's what I love the most about it. Absolutely. And of course, I, getting to do that. Of course, the best, I love that number. Seeing that show, I remember I saw it March of 2019, and I remember like I I don't cry, but I was like tearing up because it was just so joyful. Like I just couldn't handle all the joy, so I started tearing up because it was so beautiful. It was just such a yeah. Well, that's it. That's that's what it should make you feel like. Yeah. Right. That universality of love, and you know, and encouragement and strength for especially young people to to go out and do what you want to do and say who you want to be and say who you are and love who you want to love, you know? So what's not the love about that? Exactly. It's just an anthem for all the good things. I love it. I love it. And you were incredible in it too, by the way, just insane. Thank you. That number. Oh, Thank good. you, Emily. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. All right. So kind of wrapping up, you know, we've kind of gone through some of the, some of your career, not even all of it, 11 Broadway shows over here, but sort of looking at your life, not only professionally, but just everything. We love to end on this question of what piece of advice would you give to your past self? Oh, live in the moment more, you know, don't always worry about the future. I have time to do that now. <laughs> right? Um, live in the moment more. Say yes to everything that comes your way, which I basically kind of, I think, did sort of. Um, find personal, you know, make sure you nurture your personal life too, right? It can't be now. No, no I'm starting to tear up a little. <laughs> um, nurture your personal life, excuse me, um, because that's just as important as your career. And they enhance each other, you know, they, they help each other out and love yourself, love who you are, be who you are. Um, and I think it's also important that 
we just know that you're enough. You don't have to define yourself by what jobs you're doing. What you should define yourself by is how kind you are to people. And like I said, they, they even each other out. One of the things, one of the reasons I think that I have had longevity is because I am a kind person and that, that can go a long way, you know? My talent, meh, not so much. But my kindness, huge, huge. They're treating everybody, right? From, from customers to the front of house. To, you know, it's just important. And I think that that has carried me along the way. Absolutely. That made me mushy. That was so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Well, I think that was the perfect sentiment to end on Angie. This was so fun. So cool to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. You guys are adorable. See, I said, yes. (laughs) You said, yes. (laughs) You're taking your own advice. (laughs) I said, yes. Yes. Thank you so much. This was awesome. And to connect with Angie on Instagram, follow at Angie Schwartz to keep up to date on her latest projects. Be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank and you, we'll Theatrical see you Thoughts. <laughs> Thank you, Angie. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Thank you.